Well, welcome again and Happy New Year again. We continue and actually wrap up our series, Rediscovering the Wonder of Christmas, and we're looking at Magi magic this morning. We are in Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. When he had called together all the people's chief priests and the teachers of the law, he asked them where the Messiah was to be born. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd the people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary. They bowed down and worshiped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. May the Lord bless his word to our hearts and minds this morning. Well, it, it is Epiphany this morning, by the way, and for some folks, they, they love the idea of Epiphany, and um, I always did as a kid growing up because I love the ideas of extending Christmas for 12 days, right? Uh, each day, the tradition was that you'd get a different present. Now, we could never talk my parents into that. I don't know if you ever did that, but we, we tried really hard. So uh, youth out there, you can try that because there's a tradition of that. But if you are a person who goes out and searches for that perfect gift, then you sort of owe that to the Magi, right? I tend to do more online now, which I like, but there is that sort of discovery of going out and looking for uh, that gift. And also then, uh, there's also the 12 Days of Christmas song. Do you remember the song? So today, today is the eighth day of Christmas, and do you remember what your true love should have given you today already or yet later today? Yes, eight maids a-milking. I don't know how exciting that is today in our day and age. You might have to go to Fair Oaks Farm or something like that, then it's electronic. I, I have a feeling that the ladies would rather have the ten lords a-leaping, maybe, right? But also in that list is seven swans a-swimming, right? Six geese a-laying, five golden rings. Yeah, that always works great, right? Four calling birds, three French hens, two turtle doves, and a partridge in a pear tree. Now, and as it turns out, each of those things actually is a Christian symbol and meeting so that people could sing that song and be reminded of the uh, great beliefs of the Christian church. So, of course, 12 was the 12 apostles, right? So there's all kinds of meaning. And then ending up on the partridge in a pear tree, of course, is Christ on the cross, and it foreshadows all those things. So you can look that up later, but Epiphany really is an important part of the, of the church in so many ways, and this story is really amazing. Now, in much of the church, some people will sometimes say, well, Christianity is a Western religion. 
And I always want to say, you're completely uninformed on that. It's not a Western religion, first of all. It started in the Mideast. Yes, thank you. And uh, the Magi story reminds us that from the very start, Matthew wants us to know that all people in all places were worshiping Christ. And if you don't believe me, go to Russian Orthodox Church or Eastern Orthodox Church, and they will tell you the story. So you have, really, when you look at the Magi, you have Asia, and you have India, and you have Africa. And so for them, many of them, Epiphany is a higher holiday than Christmas even. So people were worshiping from the very start. Now, we've been looking at rediscovering the wonder of Christmas, and I think this story is important for us. I don't care whether you're from the East or West. I think there's some secrets the Magi have to whisper to us that help us to rediscover the wonder of Christmas and to keep it alive and growing throughout the course of the year. And the first is to follow the star, to follow the star. I don't know if you're searching in the new year. Many of us are. You've been searching most of your life, many of us, in the darkness maybe that you're experiencing, and you look out across and you're following a star. And we think about the Magi for a moment and all that they risked. And we think about the dangers of falling across the desert where they could have been robbed, obviously, uh, where they could have lost their way. The risk of just leaving home and following a star, right? I mean, certainly navigators did that, but this was a little bit different. This wasn't the North Star they were following. This was this unusual astrological phenomena, right, they're following. And then they go to Herod, thinking they could find help, and what do they find? But, you know, probably one of the worst rulers in all of history. That's a historical fact. Just one of the cruelest, um, most narcissistic rulers in, in all of history. And he wants to find out from them when the star rose and where the, ma- where the Christ child is from the Magi, so you can kill the Christ child. And they eventually find out about that, but they are told to go to Bethlehem. But they risk Herod and all the horrors of, that Herod inflicted on the people, uh, of the Jewish people, but also other people as well, and they were willing to risk that. And so what are you willing to risk in the new year as you follow the star? Wow, I just think that's amazing. And uh, one of my favorite poems in this time of year is by Adelie Ann Proctor, and I have to read it because it's called Never Too Late, and it has this idea of searching and, uh, and focuses on this moment And it says this, she writes this, Have we not all amid life's petty strife some pure ideal of a noble life? That once seemed possible, did we not hear the flutter of its wings and feel it near? And just within our reach it was, and yet we lost it in this daily jar and fret. And now live idle in a vague regret, but still our place is kept, and it will wait, ready to ready for us to fill it soon or late. No star is ever lost we once have seen. We always may be what we might have been. Since good, though only thought has life and breath, God's life can always be redeemed from death. And evil in its nature is decay, and any hour can blot it all away. The hopes that lost in some far distant seem may be the truer life, and this the dream. Wow, beautiful. And I love that phrase, no star is ever lost we once have seen. We always may be what we might have been. What maybe regret or what are you searching for in the darkness of life that this story 
the secret of the Magi, one of the secrets of the Magi, is to search and to follow the star, wherever that star is leading you. And God is leading us, and God respects our search. And sometimes part of faith is not having all of our questions answered. Man, don't you not like that like I not like that? (laughs) Better way to say that, but I think that gets the meaning across, that we struggle in the darkness, we search, but God does put a star in the sky. And sometimes to follow that star involves taking a risk, personally, relationally, maybe in our, in our work, in our, in our life, whatever that is, in our career, some new, step, some new step of vision, some new step of mission. Where is God pulling on you and putting in a star in the sky that would bid you to travel even in the dark, even if you have to take risks, even if to reach out amid some of the injustice and neediness of our human plight on this planet to help bring God's light to us and help to share that light with others. So that's the first secret is to follow the star, to not be afraid of the search wherever it takes us to take that risk, to follow the star. And the second is to lay down our gifts. Now, these magi that came from the East, we know something about them from the gifts that they gave and from the traditions that have been passed down to us that are very, very strong traditions. This is throughout the Eastern half of the Christian faith. And they remind us that these three gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, tell us a lot, actually, about the magi along with the tradition. First of all is gold. Now, the three gifts doesn't mean there's three magi. We always think about three wise men or three magi, but three gifts. And the first is with gold that they're, they're kingly, they're wealthy, they're affluent. And the second is, is frankincense and myrrh. Now, frankincense is, is white and is used in, in burning uh, rituals. You can, you can smell it sometimes burned in the church today. It's burned a lot in the Eastern Orthodox Church. And it has this, uh, sometimes we've burned it here on a, on a Sunday morning near Christmas just to experience that uh, fragrance. And we know both frankincense and myrrh. Myrrh is used in the best uh, perfumes in the world. It's a reddish color, right? And so the best frankincense and myrrh are found in India, Persia, and Western Africa. And so we always see the Magi representing th- these three great races. We think of India and Asia and Africa, that God is inviting all people, right, to come and to worship the Christ child. But there's something else that's here. The legend is, the tradition, it's very strong, is that these were Zoroastrian priests, that they, um, the Zoroastrians followed the um, stars, they looked a lot at the heavenlies, and then they also had a kind of um, a, a magic and, and rituals, And so they come in this moment, and there's a sense in which they are laying down the things that are most valuable to them, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and their identities. But there's also maybe a sense in which they're laying down the old, right? That this was part of the Zoroastrian priesthood. You know, they were searching, and so they're laying down the tools of their past life, the best tools, gold and frankincense and myrrh. They're laying down the old, and offering their best to Christ. And so, the question to us this morning is, what gift do you need to offer Christ? And then also with that, what part of the old in the past do you need to lay before Christ? Is there a moment of guilt in the past, an 
old thing that happened, and uh, maybe there's an old relationship or an old place to work or something that has been weighing you down from the past that you need to lay at the manger before the Christ child and give it to God. What is that for you? I'm sure that for every single person that's here, you have something to lay before God, myself included. What is it for you? Not your neighbor. What is it for you? What thing in the past you need to lay before God? Something the best, but something that is part of your life that you need to lay down and put before the Christ child, even as the Magi did, to travel from afar. And then the third lesson is to pick up the new, to pick up the new. Now, they lay down gold and frankincense in myrrh, and God not only accepted those gifts, and maybe their past, and all that that meant to them, the very best that they had, but not enough for their own search, not to answer all those things. And God took that and transformed those gifts into something new. Now, we know, of course, that Joseph needed gold because he was going to flee from Herod's persecution to Egypt and needed money to make that trip. And, and Joseph himself had to flee in the night and to sort of travel and to follow a star and God's whisper and God's guidance. But also, the frankincense, I'm sure, that Mary, the stable and all that, she could use a little incense and a little perfume, right? So that was nice. But there's also something that's here that God transformed in an even greater way, and that's each of these gifts pictured a role that Christ would play. Gold pictured Christ's kingly role, that He was the King of kings, come to us in a baby born in Bethlehem to share our vulnerability, but then one day to lay His life down on Calvary and be raised in life as, again, the King of kings. The frankincense pictured what? Jesus' priestly role. It's white. It was burned in worship. It's Christ, the high priest. Read the book of Hebrews that focuses so beautifully on that. And finally, myrrh, reddish in color, pictured Christ's role as the suffering servant who would give his life on the cross. All of these were not anything that the Magi probably were aware of when they offered their gifts, but somehow God took their gifts and God transformed them. And the greatest gift was not what the Magi gave, but what the Magi found. The greatest gift was not what the Magi gave, but what the Magi found. And what was that? The love of Christ that enables God's transformation in all those gifts. And Christ's role is the King of Kings. Christ's role as our high priest who knows our suffering and knows our weaknesses. And Christ's role as the suffering servant willing to give His life on Calvary that we would know God's amazing grace, reconciling love and justice at once and making our salvation possible. God's power transforms those gifts. And so today, not only do you need to maybe follow the star into the new year, God's whispering and God's guidance, but also to lay down something from your past, something that you're struggling with, some burden that is just too much for you, that is weighing you down, and to place it before the manger of the Christ child, come to transform our life. But also, what gift do you need to discover? The love of Christ 
in some new area of your life that can transform whatever that you've laid down into something new, some new revelation, some new chapter of your life. I don't know for you, could be uh, a new area of ministry, a new level of your spiritual life, a, a new relationship, a new job, a new promise. I don't know what that is for you, but God does. God in a manger come to us to share our life knows what that is. And I challenge you today in the days and weeks ahead and as we come around the communion table this morning to allow God to whisper that to you. And I want to read that verse from Jeremiah 29, one of my favorite verses. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. I will be found by you. That's one of the things that God is whispering to you in a star-filled night, in the darkness of whatever that you're struggling with and the burdens that weigh us down as you seek and listen for God. That's the voice of God saying that to you. Mother Teresa once said there's two kinds of love in the world. And the first kind of love is to seek out that which is lovely and beautiful. We all like things that are lovely and beautiful, whether it's appearance or sound and music or touches our heart in beautiful ways, right? And she said that's wonderful and beautiful wherever it is. But she also said there's an even greater love. And that love is a love that transforms. That love is a love that goes to that which is unloving and hurting and broken. And by loving it, transforms it into something new and beautiful. And that is the greatest love. And that is the love of God. And you and I who would kneel before the Christ child and pick up that gift, for the greatest gift is not what we give, but what we discover that gift that we find, that love of Christ, is something that we can share with others. It transforms our life and helps us to share that love with others so that the hurting, the lost, lonely, the broken can know God's love. And their life, too, might be transformed by the love of Christ that we share with others. So, friends, I invite you to discover that love this morning, wherever it is and whatever avenue it is. I'll close with this thought, which is once again Mariah Carey's song, All I Want for Christmas is Making a Revival. Now, originally, that song was broken in 1994. Well, that goes back a ways. <laughs> and it wasn't really a hit. And, uh, and it was hard for Mariah Carey, but she did it as a gift. Her father's a pastor, by the way. And, uh, and then in 2001, it wasn't that long later, she had an album by the name of Glitter. And it was a complete and utter failure. And it caused a sort of a, a meltdown in her life. And she never really found her, her way back. But in 2019, 25 years after that song broke, it became a hit, a number one hit. And it was the only Christmas song ever to hit the Hot 100. And, and it was just like a rediscovery of her career. All of a sudden, she was just uh, felt a new sense. And, and she shared 
back then, and it hit again this, this year, not quite that level as, as uh, 2019, but that how her life had been transformed and how that she had rediscovered kind of her faith, but she had a meltdown from the album Glitter. Oh, man, isn't that like so many of us? We think it's all about the glitter that is not gold. And she said, boy, you know, that really speaks to me because that was like my life. I was all caught up in the, in the glitter, the fame and the fortune and all the things around that try to gather our attention, right? All the other sort of false stars sparkling in the night sky. What is it for you, fame or fortune or whatever? And uh, she's not unlike any of us, um, only a lot more talented musically, obviously. But then she said, when that song hit again, for the first time as a hit 25 years later, she's, she was like finding her faith again, connecting with her dad and her church and all these kinds of things. And she's on a journey of faith like all of us, but it was like something different. She said, you know, people said, well, maybe it's not really a Christmas song because it's about love. Is it a Christmas song or is it a love song? That was the big debate. Should it be classified as a Christmas song? Because maybe we can sort of say, well, it wasn't a Christmas song that hit the Hot 100. She said, well, people don't really get that. She said, because for me, I've always loved Christmas. And the love was the love for Christmas, because that was the deepest thing. That gift of love transformed her life. And I just think for a lot of us, all I want for Christmas, maybe it should be the love that we could only find where the Magi found it, kneeling before the Christ child, letting go of the old after we searched and found whatever that old is for you that's weighing you down, and giving it to God, taking a, a breath. And then the most important gift, not what we give, but what we find there. God's gift to us, God's gift of love that transforms Christmas and our life and all of life. So today, to rediscover the wonder of Christmas, a wonder that's not glitter, but a wonder that's true gold. Like the Magi, be willing to follow the star wherever it takes you, even when it takes risk, even when it calls you into the night across the desert, facing some of the injustices of humanity that are real, and to lay down the very best that you have, even as part of your old life, Give God the best you have, and trust God to transform those gifts and make it something new, and then to pick up the new that God gives you as a gift into the new year, the gift that you can only find through God's love. We join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for the magic of the magi that only comes through the magic of your love. We thank you that, like the magi, we are often searching in the night sky, but you are whispering and calling us forward through a guiding star and through a whispering voice of love. We thank you that we can discover you in a baby in Bethlehem, where we can kneel down and offer you the best gifts that you have given us to offer you, and even those things from the past that weigh us down, and to give those to you. So help us to do that today. And Lord, the greatest gift of all we discover by not by what we give, but what we receive in you, through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who has brought your love to us as none other. 
And so help us to accept your gift of love that transforms all of life and all of your gifts. We pray this in Christ's name and all God's people said, amen.